This podcast is brought to you by Uni Pizza Ovens, the world's number one pizza oven brand. Welcome to the Pizza Pod Party. With Arthur Bavino and Alfred Schultz. On today's show... Our guest is NBC News senior business correspondent Christine Romans. Then pizza headlines. And our topic is the Pizza Subway Connection. I implore you to not judge today's interview on its length. Because I think there's more information in this interview and episode. As much information as we've ever had. On this silly little podcast we have. My name's Alfred Schultz. Welcome to the pizza party, pal. And I'm Arthur Bovino of NYC Best Pizza. I'm the head of pizza content for Uni Pizza Ovens. And I want to know, what kind of pepperoni pizza are we having tonight? What kind of pepperoni pizza are we having tonight? I like to say, what kind of pepperoni pizza are we going to have tonight, Alfred? I just asked you. Pepperoni with jalapeno and onion that's the kind of pepperoni pizza i want to have tonight because of i I wasn't even planning on doing this but now i'm gonna have to i have an announcement to make real quick Uh welcome to the show everybody we have a great guest today christine romans i'm excited to talk about her in a second and play you our awesome interview with her but real quick i have a confession to make and maybe we can do a regular thing of of like confessions i've underplayed this a little bit and i talk about it at the end of the interview with her I'm a massive fan of chicken cutlet on pizza. I've talked about it as a thing that I enjoy. Like not, I'm telling you, we've been ordering it. I've even converted my wife. I'll be honest. If you get chicken, if it's a good, decent place, chicken cutlet, green peppers, onions, that is one of the best combinations you can get on pizza. I'm sorry. I'm doing it. Are they strips? Are they Macedoine? I don't care. Chopped up squares? Both. Well, I mean, it depends on the place. You're saying it's. I've had good of all of those things. Um, So I'm just letting people know because it is. It needs to be discussed a little bit. I feel like a weight has lifted that I've actually expressed this, but it's a fact. There's been times lately we've ordered that and it's it's been phenomenal. So I I just. I wanted to say that. Speaking of my wife. Well. I mean, yeah, you, no, you, go ahead. You, you all just, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to take, listen, I don't want to take anything away from your wife. That's definitely not my goal. She just here, gave but birth I, to a child. I, I, in the, dude, all right. What are you saying here, dude? <laughs> not cool. I, I just, I mean, my hot take, my hot take on chicken t- cutlets on pizza is more important is what I'm saying. It's patriarchy. Um, I feel like, <laughs> go ahead, Alfred, the floor is yours. No, please, please. I have, I, I've forgotten the important thing I was going to say that interrupted your announcement about your wife. I got text messages after last week's episode from friends uh, making fun of me because I didn't really mention my wife because I talked about how tired I was from, yeah, I don't know who. I haven't seen her in months, Um, but I was talking about how tired I was from the birth of my child and kind of forgot that uh, my wife, The birth of your child. The birth of my child. child. The labor I went through. The birth of your child. uh, That she just carried for you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, because we're not even doing bottles yet, like she's up all night. I'm... I'm getting more sleep than I've ever gotten, actually. That is not the case. But so are yeah, we, are we talk some more about you right now. Is that she's what's done happen? an amazing job, and uh, maybe someday I'll meet the kid. So we'll see. Right now, it's sort of being raised by interns. So those are the but things no I wanted to talk about. Still, no pizza ha- has happened with this child present. I just want to make sure I understand your priorities here. No, no, we have, we have. Lou Malnati's was 
uh, in the fridge or in the freezer, and we've thawed those out and devoured some Lumal Nadis. But let's talk about we've we've this has been silly. This is a very silly episode so far. But our guest is not silly, even though she's wonderful. Christine Romans, NBC News. First off, it's kind of cool. She's like popping up all over NBC all the time. Every news show that NBC has, she's basically been on uh, recently. She had a long tenure at CNN. So she's one of these people that I have worked with in the past. I used to book her on a daily show once a week. She was a weekly guest. And one of the reasons why I wanted her on this show is that she's one of those people, like an Ali Velshi, and they've worked together a lot, that I just trusted that she could. I didn't know she had any pizza history. I just knew she she would be amazing. And wow, does she have pizza history. Her background is almost entirely pizza, one could say. And I had no idea. I just knew she would be an awesome guest. And we only had we had limited time with her. And boy, it doesn't feel like Like it. Susan Orlin, Christine Romans is uh, just a pizza journalist, actually. <laughs> yeah. She just... Everything she's ever done is actually pizza related. No, but she's yeah, fantastic. Got... So this interview is... It's like a, it's like a, you're, you're speeding through like in a, a sports car. We get through so much. She tells hilarious stories. We only had a short period of time with Christine, right? And I was like, I, I was shocked by the amount of yeah. stuff that we were able to get through, and the number, the the, the breadth and the depth of these answers from her. I mean, Ugh. it's just wow. An efficiency of words. This is why you get broadcasters as guests on your podcast. The efficiency of words and how she communicates. <laughs> Just wonderful. What a what, what a what a pleasure it was speaking with Christine Romans. So that interview's coming up real soon. And in the meantime, we have these words from our sponsors, aka us, talking about Uni Pizza Ovens. Uni Pizza Ovens are excited to introduce their first indoor and outdoor pizza oven, Uni Volt Twelve. Uni's first all-electric oven, Volt, offers maximum versatility and performance in a beautiful modern design. Whatever the season and in any weather, you can make great pizza. Uni Volt is so convenient and easy to use. Just plug it in and you're ready to go. Not only does this oven look great, but it reaches 850 degrees and cooks pizza in just 90 seconds. To learn more, visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com today. It's the Pizza Pod Party special guest. Christine Romans is NBC News senior business correspondent. She spent over 20 years at CNN, where she ended up anchoring both On the Money and Early Start. Last year, it was announced she was moving to NBC. You can now see Christine's reporting across NBC News, including the Today Show, NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt, NBC News Now, NBCNews.com, as well as on MSNBC. She's the author of 2015 Smart is the New Rich, Money Guide for Millennials. It's Christine Romans. The consummate pro, we talk about the sort of trading floors on Wall Street and in Chicago, and also sort of suburbia, delivering pizzas, the Midwest. This really runs the gamut. It's the undiscovered pizza life is kind of how I like to think about this when she's talking about, we'll get, you'll get into, I don't want to ruin it, but just like what happens with pizza that you don't think about happens with pizza outside of you ordering it before it gets to your house. Proud to present Christine Romans on the Pizza Pod Party right now. Christine, in your email, 
uh, to us about this initially. You mentioned, and I'm quoting, teenage me spend many long hours manning the ovens or tooling around in the delivery van. That is a perfect thing to hear from a from a guest on this show. So I'm just going to like the floor is yours. Explain uh, away. And I'm assuming this is in Iowa where you grew up. Oh, yeah. Happy Joe's LeClaire. I got to tell you, the funniest thing during the financial crisis, the phones are ringing off the hook. You know, people didn't think their ATMs were going to work. You know, the world financial system is on fire. And there was one day I was in the newsroom. And it was so chaotic. I actually picked up the phone and said, Happy Joe's LeClaire, pick up deliver or delivery. Like that was <laughs> that was like the only thing I could do to break the tension because you know, when you're working in a hot oven with really angry people who say that their pizza is undercooked or overcooked, and you got a line of people and the delivery car needs to have its oil changed, that's real pressure. And so when I was in the financial crisis, I just kept thinking, if I can get through a Friday night. You know, where we're doing fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars, you know, in an hour at the pizza wow. place, I can get through the financial crisis. But I worked there. I, that was my first paycheck. I started working there when I was fifteen. Wow. And um, I worked there all through high school, and then I would come back, you know, college breaks and stuff, and work there as well. So you know, I made the dough. I've had every every single job you could think of at a pizza place. Oh my god, Christine, I feel like I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because <laughs> I have been obsessed with Quad Cities Pizza. And I feel like now you can be the person to explain to us what Quad Cities Pizza is. No pressure. The Happy Joe's was really kind of, there was there was pizza, you know, but then when Happy Joe's came into, I think it was first in Bettendorf was the first one. Then there was one in Moline. And then it really grew. And they invented the taco pizza. And I swear, I mean, maybe they didn't, but I'm going to say they did. You know, the first taco pizza anybody heard of was this Happy Joe's, um, you know, concoction. And they had a lot of really cool, I mean, there was one, I can't remember what it was called, Sandy's Delight, I think. It had sour sauerkraut on it. Um, there were just these wacky combinations that really took off. And it was the first time you'd ever had like not a frozen pizza or not, you know, sort of like a standard big national corporate um, uh, pizza hut. And um, I mean, on Friday nights when I was a little, little kid, we would go to Happy Joe's in Bettendorf, my mom and dad and the three of us, and we'd each get a Pepsi, which was, you know, didn't happen. And we would get, um, we would share a large pizza for $9.99. And that was like our night out. That was like, you know, kind of like going to a fancy restaurant in New York. That was our, that was our big outing. So now that's, that's, I would say what Quad Cities pizza is. It's not like Chicago. I also lived in Chicago and that's a whole different pizza game. You know, like you have your real rabid, thick crust, thin crust, all that. But, you know, it's just, it's just was a nice, a, a nice way to go out to dinner in the Quad Cities. And taco pizza is just for people who don't know. I think it's like dough sauce. There's actually refried beans on there. There's some meat and then. Yep. So the sauce is refried beans, but not just refried beans. There's a little bit of like tomato paste or tomato sauce in it. And then you've got uh, your cheese and you've got you've got um, sausage. And then you also have lettuce on top of that, tomatoes on top of that, and then crushed not Doritos. Happy Joe's had its own kind, but crushed, you know, taco taco chips. Very good. I always like the the nachos. So you use nacho cheese as the sauce, not the refried beans. That's a nice twist. I don't want you to get in trouble for proprietary information here, just but just because you have made the dough there, did Happy Joe's put malt in their dough? Because a lot of people speculate about this. I can't remember. And I'm going to tell you something. I only did the dough like one year. We had this huge dough room with this 
this monster, like you could fit two people in this, in this mixing bowl. Um, and I only did it one year. And we also had this cool roller that would roll them out on the parchment paper, just perfect, the exact size. And then uh, the central office took over the dough. So the dough would come in a truck twice a week. So I don't know, remember what was in it. I mean, so we're talking Quad Cities is a part of uh, eastern Iowa on the border of Illinois, including Illinois, right? So that's what we're dealing with here. Um, I I just, you know, not everyone is a salt of the earth Midwesterner like you and I are, which is um, obvious. Um, But I will. But I mean, all right. So my brain is now moving very quickly because you just said so much to us and you are a business journalist and you've yeah. written books. You, I mean, you are a highly accomplished business journalist, but I, I, I almost feel like I'm skipping ahead. But have you thought about you, Christine Romans, <laughs> opening a pizzeria? I will say it has always been my plan C. Uh, I mean, a pizzeria <laughs> would be awesome, okay. but I know how hard it, I mean, I had I mean, yeah. scars. I had scars on my arms until I was well out of college, you know, from like reaching in, managing 20 pizzas in there, having to move the ones from the back to the front, you know, the big, I mean, that's a hot job. It's fun. It's also super, it's really good preparation for having three small children. Like you have to be looking at different <laughs> things at different, different, you know, different parts of the development, different times. You have to manage it all. That's, that's kind of like, it's kind of like a lot of pizzas in a big oven. You mentioned how Chicago is a different pizza scene. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be done with Iowa because I, I think Arthur can probably stay on the Iowa topic forever. But also, like, wh- how was that transition? Because we can also talk about a transition to New York uh, uh, metropolitan area pizza. But, like, what was that transition like from Iowa pizza to uh, Chicago pizza? So first off, I mean, I've, I probably in the first 18 years of my life ate more pizza than anyone could normal person would. God bless. I mean, I, well, I mean, at lunch, I would get in the car with my friends and we'd drive back to the pizza place and we'd eat. We'd eat. For, I mean, every day I ate pizza and then I'd go work after school and I would eat pizza. So I ate pizza all the time. There was another good place in the Quad Cities called Harris Pizza. A couple of locations of that one. Really good. And that was more like a thin cracker crust kind of pizza. Very different from Happy Joe's. So when I went to Chicago... I, I really found myself leaning toward that kind of pizza. So a thin crust, very flaky Chicago pizza. I never, I, Lou Malnati's to me is like having Thanksgiving dinner. It is so big. Certainly. It is so thick. It is so filling. There's yeah. so, it's just so much. And so I have to kind of, as small, a thin crust pizza, I can just eat that over like for an hour. You know, Lou Malnati's, I have just one slice. So I was always a, a, a thin crust Chicago pizza person. And then when I moved to New York, then of course, oh my gosh, the big, huge triangles that are so greasy that you fold in half and you can you can eat there and you got to make sure that the grease doesn't drip down your sleeve. That was that was like a whole new ball game. So yeah, I love the evolution of pizza in America. We've seen regional styles of pizza proliferate and become more attention getting over the past couple of years. Uh, Quad Cities Pizza actually has, a fr- there's a frozen food company, uh, Outsiders Pizza Company, that does a frozen food version of Quad Cities. I'm wondering if you can talk as a business journalist a little bit mm. about the market that you think that there might be for this style of pizza outside of that part of the country. 
I think what's interesting to me is that people have nostalgia for their the, the local version of, of of whatever it is, right? I mean, this is not pizza, but um, there's a place in Chicago that does Italian beef that you know twice a year we end up getting this whole big humongous you know uh, dry ice shipment of this Italian beef to to have with the with the kids just for that you know Chicago nostalgia. I think there is um, a market for that, you know, especially when people have grown up with. I've grown up with something. I've never had a Happy Joe's pizza um, delivered frozen or a pizza from the Quad Cities delivered frozen. I have taken one on a plane, mm. tried to get it all the way back, you know, to Newark and then, you know, <laughs> in, in an Uber or in my car back to my house. It doesn't really travel well. Alfred's going to kill me for asking you another IO question. No, please go. Please, please, please. Because I have not had this style of pizza myself in Iowa. And I know that this strip, the way it's cut, where tavern style, it's got the crisscross with the with the quad city style. You've got more like one slice down the center and then perpendicular to that, you've got other slices. It seems like very narrow strips. So is there like an art form to eating these slices or not really? So we were a wheel. Uh, we were the the I have always and the Harris pizza was always squares. Um, so what you're describing is not at my my frequent locations. So okay, I want to get back to you uh, working there too. So what what would be the most annoying order? Was there one thing that people would order that you would always roll your eyes and you had to deal with? No, the, the the most annoying order was the person who called and didn't already know what they wanted, which just drove <laughs> okay. me crazy because yeah. I had six lines ringing off the hook and I had a driver who was you know taking the wrong bag out, you know, and and as I went on there over the years, I became, I actually was never a manager. All of my siblings were managers. And in fact, what, my sister once fired my brother and then he came oh, back no. to work the next day anyway. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, this is like our family, this is our family business, <laughs> even I though we didn't, we, we were just like the, we were just like the labor, but Ruthless. we all, I know it's it's very funny when my sister tells a story about she fired my brother. Yeah, so why? Yeah, slow day, and when it's a slow day. The manager who wears a blue shirt and everybody else wears a white shirt. Of course, the blue shirt tells one of the white shirts, usually the most junior, you have to clean the bathrooms. And my brother looked at my sister. He's like, I'm not going to clean the bathroom. And she's like, You have to. He's like, I'm not. I'm going home. And she's like, You have to clean the bathroom. I'm your boss. And he's like, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. She's like, You're fired. <laughs> So he's like, all right. <laughs> it's like a sibling's nightmare to hear the other sibling say, no, I'm actually am the boss of you right now. That is 100 percent true in this situation. I am the boss of you. The nightmare was my brother hearing you have to clean the bathrooms. He's like, yeah. that's not in my contract. She's like, get out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's um, I love that. <laughs> we had some. I mean, it was good. I, I will say, too, that we all delivered. And um, yeah. we had this old car of my parents that my, my dad let me. My dad let me use our car. So really, he's losing money on my job, I'm sure. And um, I swear to you, I don't think we could have ever resold that car. It smelled like dice, diced onions. Like I would do the prep work on this big onion thing. You put this onion in this big thing and, you you know, and all these, you know, you prep the onions. And no matter what you did, you could not get the onion smell out of your hands, out of your hair, out of your clothes. And then I'd get in the car and sit and, <laughs> and drive a delivery a delivery route. And that car just was like, it was, it smelled like pizza for 10 years. It smelled like pizza. It's also interesting to think about how now there's probably not a single pizza delivery driver in this continent who's not using a uh, satellite uh, uh, GPS system right now. So oh, like, God. was that difficult to find your way around and sort of totally. what, what would you do? Just have maps totally. everywhere? The difference between lane and terrace or street and avenue yeah. 
and and it was dark at night and I'd pull up and this is, I mean, this is small town Iowa, right? So I'd be out in the country and I'd pull up down some farm lane and I'd hear the 10 Rottweilers, you know, barking behind the fence. I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? It was really, I'd pull up as close to the front door as I could. I shine the lights into the living room. I'm hoping somebody's going to come out down the steps. So I was in the right place and not going to get attacked by a dog. I never got attacked by a dog. My sister got bit by a dog once, but I never, Jeez. I never got, I never got attacked by a dog. But, you know, that was really, but I mean, most people you knew, I mean, it was a small town, so I generally knew who I was going. And I knew that, you know, the rights always like to have extra taco sauce. So I'd make sure I had a whole bag extra of taco sauce. So I didn't have to go back <laughs> and come back again. You started to learn the rhythm of the town that way. Sure. Did you ever get any encounter any pizza pranks? I mean, working in a pizza parlor, I feel like that's a thing that comes up where, you know, you call up yeah. the pizzeria and you have a whole bunch of orders placed to a person. So the big, the big prank that I didn't know, uh, and it happened to me, they, they, the first day of work, they come in, they're like, all right, you can take the pizza truck, you take the delivery truck, but you have to go over to the Moline store. And you got to get the meat grinder. Um, what was that? Was that what? It, no, it wasn't called the meat grinder. It was called the, oh, I can't remember. Shoot. It's going to ruin the story. It was some crazy, some crazy nonsensical word. Let's say it was like the meat. Well, my sister would remember. Anyway, so you had to go and you get this piece of machinery and you go over there and you ask for it. They're like, oh God, no, we lent it out to so-and-so in in uh, in uh, in in West Davenport. So go, go or East Davenport, go to East Davenport store. So you go to the East Davenport store, you ask for this thing. You go basically around to every single one of the stores until you come back and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I I'm sorry. They're like, well, we're not going to let you punch in until you will find this piece of machinery, you know, and then finally somebody takes pity on you and says that doesn't exist. That doesn't exist. This is like out of like a, a sitcom or something. I love this so much. I mean, and I think a lot of people listening would also just have, we have to ask uh, any good delivery stories. Weird. I mean, you mentioned Rottweilers, but like, I think people are very interested in the fact that a pizza delivery person walks into someone's house. And was there any, anything nuts that you saw any good stories uh, when it comes to that? Um, I mean, a, a lot of drinking stories, like somebody who uh, would order a bunch of pizzas, and then fall asleep. And then the wife is there or something. And then she's like, I didn't order those. You're like, well, um, yes, your husband, he didn't order those. You know, you're like, okay, well, uh, what do you want me to do with all these pizzas? And you come back with the pizzas, then the husband calls angry and drunk because the pizza didn't come, you know, like stuff like that. Just like you get a little, you get a window into everyone's look in the window, of everyone's lives, um, you, you know, and so it's just funny stuff like that, but mostly dogs, mostly yeah. dogs. You know, it's funny. Was A and A a place that you would visit also when you were at Iowa State University, or not really? I feel like that's a famous place. A and A Paglia. I'm gonna butcher this. A and A Pagliais Pizza. I feel like it's nope, well known. Didn't, no, okay. Didn't I was poor in college? If it didn't come from my from my uh, my dorm food service, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have the money to go buy it. But then you also spent some time overseas. You went to the Catholic University of Lyon in France. So was there any pizza experiences that you had there? Or was there a pizza disconnect completely at that period of time? Total pizza disconnect. And then, you know, on one of those what weekends, shame. we went, uh, some girlfriends and I went to, to Italy. You know, we went to Rome. I'm like, I'm going to get Roman pizza. And it's it's like a, a, I don't know what it was. It had an egg and an anchovy on it. It was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out with whatever you think this is. And then I remember somebody told but me. But the taco know, pizza was okay. No, I'm just yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just, just uh, yeah, no, there was not a pizza scene in Lyon, France. Lyon was a big meat town. You know, it's a big, uh, Paul Bocuse was a famous chef who used to live there, was was known for there. It's a very kind of blue collar industrial town. Don't remember a lot of pizza. 
let's get to journalism right now because you've had an, an amazing career and I don't want to get too like controversial, but I have to ask you some hard-hitting uh, journalist questions. You spent about 20 years at CNN. Now, you know, you are at a fixture now at NBC. Who has better food? Green room food. <laughs> What's the better food scene? Wow, that's a really good question. It really is. Oh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got to say, at 30 Rock, I mean, you go downstairs, there's a Potbellies, there's a, there's a place, I think it's called Ace's Pizza. There's a really good pizza place downstairs. Um, and then there's everything all around here. So I feel like this is a better scene. The CNN Bureau was over at Hudson Yards. It had a very good lunchroom, as it does here. But I'm going to say... I'm going to say I'm going to have to give NBC the just the slight edge in the in the food in the food. But New York City, you can go anywhere for what you want. You know, you can uh, two subway stops. You can be wherever you need to be. I feel like newsroom pizza is uh, practicality. It's something that yeah. you, you're just trying to get something in your stomach. And so there's not necessarily nuance to the high quality of this pizza that you're going to see in these newsrooms. But I'm wondering, was there a difference in the, you know, the, the quality of the pizzerias that were being ordered at these two places? Uh, No. And I'm going to tell you why, because I never know when the pizza actually came in. And I actually, I really don't care if it's, if it is a, uh, a primary night or a debate night or um, heaven forbid an election night, there will be a stack of greasy boxes as tall as I am in either of these places. And I just years ago stopped asking, when did this pizza come in? Because it it really doesn't matter. You just, it, somebody is just like, it's a constant flow of pizza and you can tell how intense the political the political season is by the number of pizza boxes and people just grab a slice and and uh and that's it but i'm telling you greasy pizza boxes are almost as much as a a magic wall or a big board or any of the things that we use to to call an election pizza boxes are also very important uh political indicator (laughs) so back to sort of business though um In terms of right now, we talked about sort of the evolution of uh, uh, local pizza and the the, how that has become sort of ubiquitous uh, part of the culture of pizzas, people ordering from all over the place. But is there anything else pizza uh, and uh, business wise now that you've noticed or like, you know, should Arthur and I invest in uh, a pizzeria right now? Ideally yours. Ah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, I've tried to, I've actually looked at the mechanics of, uh, I have this idea of starting a pizza place in the, in Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, where I would have college and high school kids. You put, this was even before you had like DoorDash and these apps where you put your, your order in on a Thursday night or a Friday night. Only, it would only work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And when you got to the train station after your commute, my people are standing there with their, you know, red striped outfit and their little, you know, retro, uh, retro hat. And you could buy your pizzas that way. And so I wouldn't have the, I'd have to have a kitchen, but I wouldn't have a dining room. You know, I would just have, and then the other part of that business would be birthday parties because at Happy Joe's, Happy Joe's LeClaire, may I help you? We would do birthday parties and we had this um, big siren on the wall that you could, and we would do these birthday parties and we'd sing happy birthday. And people would come every year for their little, little kids, vintage. It was very vintage. It's very, I don't know, like. If you've seen the signage or it's like very 18, late 1800s, like almost like a, anyway, I would do those birthday parties and um, they were, I thought I'll just do birthday parties and train station pickups. And I think I could do that. I like that. You invest. Let's do that. I'm in. I'm in. I'll give you anything you want. You're t- you joined uh, CNN. I'm a horrible investor, you were- by the way. That should be known. <laughs> 
<laughs> Clearly. You're you're reporting from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. I'm wondering if you ever came across any pizza in the stock exchange. Of course. Of course. There's always pizza. Um, and again, you never ask what time it was delivered. That was just bad form. It, it came at some point and it's free. It's the same so. thing as newsroom pizza, basically. <laughs> it okay. is the same thing as newsroom pizza. I'm trying to think other things. When I worked in Chicago on the floor of the of Mercantile Exchange and Board of Trade, there was this famous incident, and I wish I could remember the trader's name, but um, he actually charted, uh, chartered um, a jet for his uh, runner, floor runner, to go down and get his favorite barbecue. Um, from, I think it was Nashville or something. And they had this barbecue on the floor by the end of the trading day. So this was a, a bet that began in the beginning of the trading day. And by the end of the trading day, you had all this barbecue on the floor of the, of the mercantile exchange that this runner brought back. And I want to say it was because the trader, he said, if I make a million dollars by 10 AM, I'm going to feed everybody such and such barbecue. And he did. And so he brought all that barbecue back. And that's still the most famous trading floor food story I can think of. That's nuts. And but I, I want to make sure we uh, I, I want to talk about like ordering pizza at home. Is there any fights with your family? OK, so first it has just come popped in my head. What was the thing we had to go get on the first day of work? <laughs> oh, and nice. it's called our meat shovel. Meat it's shovel. Meat shovel. <laughs> meat shovel. Um, meat shovel. Um, the fights at home. Yes. And I've actually had real conversations with my kids about how privileged they are to be able to fight over which pizza delivery we're going to get. And that yeah. I get so weak and spineless that I let them get from multiple pizza places wow, in the city. Yeah. Okay. Just to end the argument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's like a working mom hack. But we, um, so there's Dino's. My one son loves this place called Mr. Dino's. Yeah, and then my other son likes Da Vinci and my other son likes Soho pizza. And oh. we have these and the, the fight's over. But how could you like those pepperonis? Those pepperonis are too big. They're too spicy when they're so big. They take up and then they, they, they can go off on the pepperonis. Um, so we have to, you know, it's almost like you have to have a peace commission to decide whose choice it's going to be this week for pizza. I have a couple of quick fire questions for you, Christine, but I do want to ask you just in terms of the business of pizza, dollar slices. They're famously iconic here now in New York City. They're not a dollar anymore. The culture of that from a business perspective, do you think that does the dollar slice lose the cachet it has had as a dollar slice if it doesn't cost a dollar anymore? Is it still as recognizable? Do you think it's still a business possibility? I think it is. I think a slice is a slice and it used to be a dollar. Now it's, what is it now? Do you know? I mean, it, it depends on where you go. I mean, some places, if you buy more than one, then they do, they are a dollar, but um, I, I, I just think a slice is an iconic, an iconic um, serving size and, and business model. And if you can get the volume, you can, you can make money, you know, you can make money that way, you know? Um I do think it is an inflation indicator. I use it occasionally as inflation. I know some people like to use, you know, Big Macs or stuff. You know, I like to use a piece of pizza because nice. people expect it to be cheap. Um, but if you notice, if now if you get the Coke with it and something else, you know, you're you're talking six, seven bucks sometimes. You know, yeah. so it's it's not the dollar it used to be. All right. So really quick answers here. No need to go okay. long on them. Blotting, crime or pastime? Is that something that you do when you have a, a greasy slice? Do you blot it or are you against blotting? I blot. Is there a topping you don't like? Anchovies. 
Uh, best way to dress a New York slice? You know, you've got your parm, you've got your garlic, you've got your red pepper flakes. Do you have a way that you like to address your pizza slice? All of them in whatever order they happen to be. And you have to remember to ask the guy who, where he's hiding the Parmesan because the kids always take too much. Awesome. And what's your go-to way of reheating a slice if you have leftover pizza? I put it in the small little oven, toaster oven. I toast it. Microwave bad. Microwave bad. All right. Well, we like to end it with what's the perfect slice, what's on it, and where are you getting it from? Very thin, very crispy crust, very big slice with sausage, green pepper, and onion. That's my favorite. I used to be pepperoni. I grew up, my dad would say, what kind of pepperoni pizza are we going to get tonight, kids? So, you know, we only had one choice. Now now that I have choices in my grown-up life, I get sausage, green pepper, and onion. And where do I get it? Um, whichever happens to be the place my children have chosen for that week. Oh, that's so sad. I'm so sorry. I'm going to use that from now on. What kind of pepperoni pizza are we going to get tonight? Was Good, it right? crumbled sausage or medallions on this perfect slice? I like crumbled sausage. Nice. I'll take medallions. That's just fine. But I like crumbled sausages. And I don't like mushrooms because I worked in a pizza place. And I know the kind of weird stuff that sometimes comes in those big, you know, um, 30-ounce cans of onions or mushrooms, six-pound cans of mushrooms. Sometimes there's, like, sticks and stalks. and. You're both salt of the earth Midwesterners, but will you, as a New Yorker now, Christine, will you wait for a slice when you go into a New York shop? Or will you just take and ask for, you'll take a reheat that's been sitting there for a while? Mm, that's a good question. I was just at Ben's recently and I did wait for a sausage, green pepper and onion. He, he made one for me out of, a um, a fresh, uh, a fresh cheese slice. And I waited for that one. That's down Ben's in Soho. That's a good spot too. Sausage, green pepper, onion. That's a perfect answer. I really think that's a perfect answer. I would also recommend a little, uh, little off the beaten path for some people, chicken, green pepper and onions, chicken cutlet. Not bad with that combo. Just saying. Throwing it out there, especially at Dino's, by the way. Chicken's for a uh, chicken parm. It's not for my pizza. Sorry. I'm just there saying. There you go. I don't know. I, I, I Don't knock it until you've tried it. Christine, um, <laughs> perfect. This was perfect. So uh, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we got, I felt like we had like an entire uh, like news update about pizza right now. And it felt awesome. And your story, I mean, they need to make a movie about uh uh, you and your family working at the pizzeria. So that was awesome. Two words, guys. Meet shovel. Meet, Meet shovel. shovel. Attention, everyone. Coast to coast and all the ships at sea. It's time for pizza news. Basically got two topics here today, Alfred. Trend Hunter reports that Little Caesars is testing out two new offerings. Their deep dish dippers at Seattle locations combine their signature deep dish with a dipping sauce. Orders consist of 20 pieces of easily dippable strips, sprinkled Parmesan, and separated into quadrants with different toppings. Jalapeno, pepperoni cheese, and applewood smoked bacon served with a choice of crazy sauce, cheese sauce, butter garlic sauce, or Hidden Valley Ranch. Also... Pizza Pizza by the Yard is being tested in North Carolina and Virginia. A full yard of deep dish pizza with eight slices of pepperoni and eight slices of three meat treat served in two boxes. It sounds really just like repackaging there. Connecticut, man, Connecticut just does not stop. Connecticut has been, pizza has been buzzing. It's getting two new mediums. Chard, a New Haven pizza show, recently launched a podcast releasing two episodes a month, hosted by Kevin Begley and Frank Zabsky, featuring industry guests from New Haven and Connecticut. And The Pizza Files has launched, hosted by Colin Kaplan, founder of Taste of New Haven. It will air monthly on cable and streaming, sharing stories about Connecticut pizza culture, history, families, recipes, and lore. And as if that's not enough, according 
according to the New Haven Register in his interview with the late night talk show host Jimmy Kimmel. The award-winning actor and Yale University alumnus Paul Giamatti discussed how his time there made him such a fan. I literally have never had better pizza. I'm a snob about it. I've gone to Italy and been like, no, this isn't good. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that John Oliver did a 25, at least 25 to 28 minute segment on Chuck E. Cheese. And he, he passes over the origin story that Roy Wood Jr. cited with us, which was amazing in our first episode here on the Pizza Pod Party. <laughs> yeah. But it is a pretty epic 25, 28 minute takedown where you learn that originally Chuck E. Cheese was meant to be a was, was actually a coyote and the way the business was taken over and all kinds of shenanigans with employees going on in the back rooms and under the costumes. It's just it's crazy, but it's worth a listen, especially with the amount of Chuck E. Cheese references we've made over past episodes. I find that I have a lot of people sending me anytime there's pizza news, just like sending me texts and stuff. And I never forward them to you because I already assume you've seen them. I don't want to be redundant. But yeah, that, that's the that's do, the well, do I miss that? Do I miss any? Are there? I mean, I want to know what's coming across the pizza wire directly to you. I mean, are there any good stories that you oh, feel tons. like I've you missed? missed? You missed an insane oh. amount of pizza scoops. And yeah, it's kind of uh, it's my test. And I realize you're a terrible journalist at this. And well, all these other shows, these days we should flip this whole format. And I you <laughs> should do the news and I should do <laughs> Go book the guests. And, you know, I write all these jokes, <laughs> too, weeks That's in okay. advance, too. That's why I'm so <laughs> yeah, witty sure on do. here. So witty. Today's topic is the pizza subway connection. Now, whether you refer to it as the pizza principle or the pizza subway connection, in New York City, we're talking about a fun little generally accurate economic law proposed by native New Yorker Eric M. Bram, who, as reported by the New York Times in 1980, noted that from the early 60s, the price of a slice matched with uncanny precision the cost of a subway ride. Now, the term pizza connection, referring to this phenomenon, was coined in 2002 by New York Times columnist Clyde Haberman, who I actually worked with for a little bit on the Metro desk at the Times. In May 2003, New Yorker proclaimed the validity of the pizza connection, now called the pizza principle, in accurately predicting the rise of the subway and bus fare to $2. And 2019, the Wall Street Journal noted that due to a mix of a decrease in the fare bonus for a subway ride rather than an increase in the overall fare, $2.75 at the time, and the increase variability of the cost of New York City slice, the pizza principle might not be accurate. Now, that kind of flowed into 2022 when Bloomberg reported that inflation after COVID plus an MTA decision to freeze fares led to evidence of a divergence that year. Prices for plain slices were soaring above $3 throughout the city, along with commodity and labor costs, while the Metropolitan Transportation Authority froze fares at $2.75. But that brings us to today. And it's kind of interesting because we've seen a raise in the fare of the subway to $2.90. And at least according to reporter Liam Quigley, who got a lot of press over the last year for tracking slice costs, the average plane increased from $2.52 in 2014 to $3 by the end of 2022, a 16% rise. That doesn't seem that far off, which basically means this whole thing, basically when you're in New York City, the cost of a slice and the cost of a subway ride are about going to be about the same. That's basically what I've just told you. That's kind of fun that after all this time and all these years that this is held true for the most part. You can get around in the city. 
uh, watching Pizza Rat downstairs in the subway tunnels for about the same amount that it's going to cost you to buy a slice. I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking here? I mean, this does not also include the dollar, dollar slices, which we talk about in the episode here with Christine. And actually, the, sli- the, the, the average cost of a dollar slice these days is $1.50. Is there, and this is maybe too New York City centric, but is there a subway line that has the best pizzas on it? Mm. Okay, that I have to go and look. I mean, off the off F train, off the top, off the top of my head, I would definitely not say the Manhattan ones, but I the F wouldn't. train. That's my inclination. Yeah, eh. yeah. So I, th- I think it's the F train, but also no one cares who's outside of New York City. But if they're traveling, take the F train and go do yourself a pizza tour. There's a lot of good ones off. The Where F are you going to hit on the F train? What are, what are the pl- well, pizza places? Well, on that the F like train, yeah. you can. Get some of the uh, Greenwich Village ones, you know, like you can. They're not crazy far. And then you go to my old stomping ground in Brooklyn, uh, Carroll Gardens, and you got F and F. It was right by the F stop. You have Lucali. It's really close to the F stop. So there's some good stuff there. So take the F train. All right. There you That's go. my contribution you to this. Al- you got it from Alfred. Take the F train. Well, thank you so much for all that information, Arthur. What a quick, efficient episode this has been. Do you want us to make it longer by continuing to talk about chicken cutlets? I will go and try this chicken cutlet pizza. I just feel like it has to be chopped up. I don't want huge pieces of chicken tenders on my pizza. I don't think that I would enjoy that. Yeah, huge pieces. Also, are we talking about a pie that's made specifically with this stuff? Or is it like, you know... The after, you know, the adding pepperoni after the fat to a, a slice that's already no, 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 no. sitting there and like no, trying no, no, to turn no, it no. into a pepper. So it's not like a chicken cutlet's thrown onto an existing pie. This is a pie dedicated to chicken cutlets. Order the pizza. Say you want chicken cutlet, green peppers, onions. It's fantastic. I don't want to make that kind of a commitment to a full pie. I just, I don't. We will, we have done half a pie sometimes for that because we know like okay. my daughter's not going to like that. So we'll split that and then she'll have one or two slices of the cheese, but it, it's, it's fantastic. And I, I, I did have to, I've been thinking about that a lot, how I've been too cowardly uh, to admit this to everyone, to our legions of fans. So yeah. Chicken well, to paraphrase pizza. your line, you know, I, I try it. I'll try anything. I try it. Exactly. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our guest, Christine Romans. Like all of our guests, follow her on all of her social media. She was wonderful. Uh, We have another great episode coming up next week. And, you know, I want to just make a a quick statement here that this show is really made by just two people. We were joking around about this earlier, but two people. (laughs) And I know because I am in the podcast industry, that's not always the case. And people are using AI People are using all kinds of things, and I know this is uh, an overused expression, but it sort of weirdly applies. And I, I'm going to cringe while saying this. This is sort of a farm-to-table podcast because it's as organic as it can get, I think. And, yeah, this is an organic farm-to-table podcast. You hate me, don't you? Oh, man. You're just doubling down on all yeah. of these cliched yep. food writing terms and trying to apply them to our show. Love That's it. right. Follow us on social media. I'm Alfred Schultz. There is no T in Schultz, even though it sounds like there should be. There's not. Uh, If you like this podcast, please tell your friends about it. Help support us. That would be great. Give us a review if you can, too. I'm Arthur Bovino at NYC Best Pizza. Follow the show at Pizza Pod Party and Uni at UniHQ. And remember, 
The grape pie is one you're already thinking about having again before you finish the first slice. The Pizza Pod Party. Please rate and review the podcast. The Pizza Pod Party is hosted by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Produced by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Created by Arthur Bovino and Alfred Schultz. Researched by Arthur Bovino. Engineered, edited, and mixed by Alfred Schultz. Voiced by the fabulous Holly Palmieri. And presented by Uni Pizza Ovens. Visit uni.com. That's O-O-N-I dot com to find out more about the world's number one pizza oven brand. And follow Uni on social media at UniHQ on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.